Hey guys, welcome to the CP Junkie podcast, where we bring you interviews with dentists sharing their CPD stories and journeys from around Australia. What better way to learn than to follow those who've already done it before? CPD Junkie is Australia's most comprehensive CPD, so head over to cpdjunkie.com.au and become a member for free to access the full features of the site. I'm your host, Lawrence Doan, and tonight we are joined by Dr. Grace Cooper. She's a general dentist in Perth, WA. She obtained her DMD from UWA in 2018 after obtaining her Bachelor of Science from also UWA in 2014. Grace is the fourth generation dentist in her family. Her great-grandfather graduated from Royal College of Surgeons of England in 1920, followed by her grandfather, um, her father, and today she carries on this legacy. Grace is fortunate to see uh, many of her father's previous patients and also quite a lot of her grandfather's patients. Grace loves being a general dentist due to the great variety of work with the profession. Although she has a particular interest in aesthetic dentistry and conservative restorative dentistry, she loves how dentistry requires a mixed bag of skills and no two work days are the same. Dr. Grace Cooper, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So you have a particular interest in aesthetic dentistry, conservative and restorative dentistry. Tell us about your CPD journey so far. Yeah, so well, as, as you mentioned, I have a really big interest in sort of a bit of everything. I do love the variety that uh, general dentistry um, entails. Um, but in terms of, yeah, the aesthetic and minimally invasive um, restorative dentistry. So far, um, I guess my biggest CPD avenues that I've taken are um, Invisalign. That's a huge one for me. Um, and I've also done um, some courses on anterior composites. Um, and they're probably the main ones that I've done that I really enjoy in those kind of realms. I've also done CPD on like crown preps and like restoring implants and like a theory of implantology, that kind of stuff. Um, so like I say, nice variety. Um, but yeah, those are the kind of the CPD courses I've done that have really helped my, my journey and my interests. Yeah. Was it the anterior one? That was in Melbourne, wasn't it? Yeah. With um, Dr. Anthony Mack. I did that in 2019 back when, you know, traveling for CPD was <laughs> a bit more possible. <laughs> yes. And how did you find it? What, I mean, was there a particular reason why you were taking the Invisalign, you were taking these anterior composite ones? Yeah, so the interior composite one, it was really, really interesting. I, I did it in my first year out from dental school. So oh, it, it was really interesting to learn like different materials and different ways to do that kind of dentistry that you don't really get in dental school. Again, it's more about the materials that you use. Um, and then Invisalign, I actually had Invisalign treatment during dental school. So even though the ortho side of, uh, you know, ortho lectures at uni were not my favorite, um, actually having Invisalign and changing my smile while most people were none the wiser was like, oh, I really, really enjoy this. I like this. I want to be able to give this to my patients as well. Mm. So you've done, you've consumed some, you know, um, education, you know, direct from on um, hands-on courses. Have there been other places that you've kind of consumed um, education-wise? I do like um, the ADA online lectures. They're really good when you've got a day off and you've got some some downtime um, just to keep up with, again, bits and bobs in different areas. 
Um, also in particular with Invisalign, they also do webinars specific to Invisalign. So I watched an Invisalign webinar a few weeks ago specifically about using their ClinCheck treatment planning software and how to, you know, utilize that and maximize it. So there's still continued online education in that realm as well. So I do like the online ones, um, but I think I am partial to hands-on courses. I, I learn by doing. Mm-hmm. And that, and I guess we all, I guess, learn by doing as well, but you work on extracted teeth as well sometimes. Oh yeah. So um, a big thing at my, at the clinic that I work at is um, my principal dentist wants me to learn as much as I can, but without, um, you know how you learn sometimes by making mistakes and failing, which is, you know, part of dentistry. Um, but as a young grad, he's like, I don't, I don't want you to have to like learn the hard way. So um, yeah, they've gotten me to got to get extracted teeth and to like look at the root canal systems more so when I just graduated um, to do like suturing at home. Like they've given me like artery forceps and expired sutures to like, you know, practice that kind of handiwork. They're really big on, you know, me learning, but not having to learn the hard way and have that kind of stress. Yeah, I guess it's it's good to have that kind of mentor, I guess, to have that. Um, so you're not stressing out on you know, in chair per se, um, when it's all happening and things are all kind of messy, it's kind of, you've got that muscle memory kind of going on. Mm. But prior to doing dentistry, you were also a dental assistant. Yeah. Back in dental school, I was a dental assistant on the weekends. That was huge for me in learning like real life dentistry. Cause you learn the theory at uni, you learn the public system at uni, but being a dental assistant and actually working in a private practice, um, I think it really helped me like observe real dentistry and you learn lots of little tips and tricks um, that you just don't learn in dental school. Mm. And so, so you were you picking these courses uh, because of what your mentor was, your boss slash mentor was trying to encourage you to do, or was that because that was the type of work that was kind of happening at your clinic? Um, That's a really good question. What actually pops to mind is a course that I was thinking about doing and actually ultimately chose not to do because of my boss's um, advice. Um, so usually the courses I do are out of an interest and I think, oh, this looks pretty cool. Oh, this day I'm not working. This, this looks interesting. I'll, I'll try this. Um, but actually in, I think it was 2019, I was interested in doing a Botox and dermal fillers course. And I was working at two different clinics and I spoke to both of my principal dentists just for their advice because the course was very expensive. And I said, look, this kind of interests me. Um, what do you think? And both, both our clinicians said, you know, do what you like, but we, you might not be utilizing that so much at the moment and you might not get, you know, your money's worth because at both clinics, uh, Botox and fillers, it's not really what patients are looking for. I'm now just at one clinic. Um, but yeah, it would have been a lot of money for me to maybe see like one patient every maybe four to six months. So getting their input is, um, has been you know, quite helpful for me. I, I do like to get their recommendations. Mm. And so um, what were some of those takeaways that, so you were saying that because the patients uh, weren't going to be doing a lot of it, that's why you opted to not do it. But you're not against Botox though. No, not at all. I find, oh, I think it's super interesting. And I've actually had Botox on myself. My colleague and friend, Dr. Pani Nzari, I was actually her um, patient that she trained on. So she did it all for me. And I have a very gummy smile and I see her to put Botox here to prevent my <laughs> very gummy smile. I think it's a great um, system 
And I think it's, you know, especially, you know, for these dental kind of things, it's, it's a great, um, great material that we have. It's just, um, it's not something that I would be personally doing a lot myself because it's just not the, um, the treatment that our patients are seeking. So not as um, useful for me. Mm. So what would you say is the, of those few um, CPDs, what's been the biggest clinical impact on your dentistry today? I think the biggest impact would definitely be the Invisalign training. Um, I absolutely love doing Invisalign. I only do like very simple cases. I try to keep it within, you know, my scope and my skills. Um, But like I say, having had it done myself and getting to transform patients' smiles and it's very conservative, like very minimally invasive rather than, you know, the old techniques of having to do lots of crowns and more aggressive treatment. Um, I have a patient who's 61 and we're doing Invisalign. She was told by a dentist, you know, 10, 15 years ago to have crowns on all her front teeth. Um, But by doing Invisalign, we've been able to achieve her nice smile without having to, you know, do much removal of enamel at all. Right. Um, And so with ortho, I guess, what I'm trying to get at is a lot of new grads come out and they feel obliged to either do um, ortho through either Invisalign or... Is there a particular reason why you picked Invisalign and not maybe a structured um, program? At the, at the time when I was deciding and um, you know, discussing with, with my boss at the time, um, she, she recommended that I do Invisalign because they were going to be changing the, the way that they structured their courses. So she actually said, you should do this before they change it. You should get in while they still have the old system. You get a more well-rounded education. So I was able to do their full fundamental course um, before they changed it. So that was a big reason why I did Invisalign. But also um, I know that there are other orthodontic, like um, you can go all the way up to like, you know, diplomas and even a postgraduate degree and then other structured courses. Um, But I wasn't super interested in that. Specifically, the Invisalign system that I've had myself um, was what really interested me. Sure. Um, so, like you mentioned in our bio as well, you know, you're fa- you've got a family of dentists. You know, if they started at 1920, that's like over 100 years. Yeah. So that's almost like an encyclopedia of dentistry you've got access to. So, how has your father, Dr. Richard Cooper, been an influence on you? Oh, I've been a huge influence. So, well, I mean, to start, he gave me the idea. There was never any sort of pressure to be a dentist. I just saw, you know, that he would come home from work every day and he was always like very busy, but really enjoyed his job. Lots of variety, helping people. I thought that looks like a good job. I'll do that. And my dad said, yeah, I think you'd be good at that. That that was, you know, all the influence in terms of choosing it. Um, And then when I was actually studying dentistry, such an amazing uh, resource. I was like, I had my own private tutor, like to answer all my questions um, during dental school, which was amazing. Um, And then uh, on top of that, um, my dad was actually very, very passionate about CPD. So he's now retired. He retired about seven years ago now. Um, But before that, I'm talking, you know, 15, 20 years ago, before CPD was actually a requirement, he was doing lots and lots of CPD. He loved to learn about all the new things, like the new technologies, new systems, new materials. He had a CEREC machine 15 plus years ago. He was always going to conferences and courses. And yeah, so just seeing his passion for staying up to date 
was helpful for me because then all his knowledge was very current when I was going through dental school. Mm, I see. And that's, I guess, I guess that's rubbed off on you to, a, to, an ex, um, to an extent. How about when it comes to like tough cases? Do you just be like, hey, dad, I've got a tough case. You know, I've got this mouth that's ridden with caries. How do I sort this out? Yeah. So that definitely was me a lot during dental school. And then also first year out when you're a new grad, kind of like, you know, you've got your P plates and you're on your own, but you're, you know, street legal. I was calling him all the time, talking to him. Oh, what do I do about this? What do I do about that? Um, less so these days because um, the, you know, the learning curve has you know, decreased for me. Um, but yeah, definitely. Oh, actually, as a fun fact, when I go to my parents' house now, um, my mum has actually banned dental talk from the dinner table because <laughs> we'll just go on and on and on and it kind of alienates the rest of the family. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, it's, it's such a good, good um, you know, resource and thing for us to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So has there been any other big influence in your career path and why? Oh, I think, um, well, yeah, other than my dad, I've been so blessed and so lucky with the mentorship that I've had at the, the two clinics that I've worked at. Um, so they always tell you, you know, when you're a new grad, you know, make sure you work somewhere with mentorship. And I had friends who would work at a clinic and they didn't have the best mentorship. And I felt so lucky because I worked at two clinics with amazing mentorship. So at my first job at Spearwood Dental Center, Dr. Laura White, she like <laughs> she nurtured me and carried me as a new grad, teaching me so many, so many different things about dentistry. And she was such an amazing boss. It was, I was very, very sad when I um ended up leaving that job. And now at the at Harmony Dental, which was my dad's clinic before he retired, um, the principal dentist, Dr. Jim Hugh, he's always mentoring me with cases, talking to me about you know, difficult situations and scenarios. And my colleague, Dr. Dev DeMille, always happy to like lend a hand and talk through cases, talk about materials and you know, crown preps and design and, and all these different things. Uh, everyone has just been so supportive my whole dental journey. I can't believe how lucky I am. Yeah. Well, on this podcast, sometimes we've had discussions with previous senior dentists and, you know, when it comes to mentorship, it's quite difficult to kind of gauge where it's at. So was there a discussion when you had with them beforehand or was it kind of implied and how did that kind of structure kind of come about? Was it like you had to approach them or they kind of was open to presenting you with cases? Yeah. So with, uh, my current clinic that I work at, which used to be my dad's, I guess it was a bit more informal, like when I graduated at, or when I was about to graduate and we were talking about um, the plan for me to start working. Uh, I believe it was Jim who told me um, that he was going to come in on his days off and mentor me, which you know was amazing. And it was just more that informal chatting about you know what we're going to do. Um, with my first job at Spearwood Dental, um, it was during the interview, that's when I sort of asked, you know, what kind of mentorship and um, Laura was great in, you know, fully laying out, you know, we'll talk through cases um, whenever you need help with X, Y, Z. Um, and she explained in the interview how, how the mentorship would be, which was um, really good, you know, really good to know right at the beginning. Mm, okay. So, so you're a fourth generation dentist, but you and your dad were never pushed into dentistry. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Um, I, I asked my dad about that a little while ago. He he doesn't. He, it was never an expectation. It was just that looks like a good job. I want to do that. 
No, that's fair enough. So has there been any particular struggles in your CPD journey um, so far, or dental journey so far that some of our viewers might not know about? Yeah, I guess um, being a young dentist, um, it, it, there, there are a lot of challenges that come with that. You, Like I mentioned before, you have to do a lot of learning on the job. Um, you, you're going to make mistakes. There are going to be cases that go pear-shaped and go wrong. And having a good support system is, is a huge game changer for that kind of element. But um, it is tough. You, you sometimes go home and you think, ah, oh, you know, like that was, that could, that couldn't have gone worse. Or, you know, I wish I'd, you know, done something differently. Um, but I guess what I've always tried to tell myself since starting working is, well, what I think is, if you want to be a dentist who's been, a, you know, a 20 year experienced dentist, you have to work every day for those 20 years to get that experience. And, you know, you've, you've got to just try to roll with the punches and not let it, um, you try not to like take work home with you. I think that's probably one of my biggest advice to young grads. Yeah. As in like, try to separate it so that there's a bit of space, even though you, you, when you go home and talk to your dad, it's about dentistry. <laughs> I'm only pulling you like that. So tell us, what does your current clinical day look like? Type of procedures you might be getting up to? Yeah, well, like I, like I said before, um, currently lots of variety. That's what I'm really, really big on. So I, I don't like when if I, if I see my day sheet and I see it's all fillings, I think, oh, no. Or if I, think, if I see like three crowns or three root canals, I think, oh, God, you know, I like to have nice variety so a crown prep maybe a root canal an extraction maybe an Invisalign appointment um fillings if it's nice and varied that's when that's when I'm happiest (laughs) (laughs) so what do you hope your ideal clinical or non-clinical day might look like in five years time and what kind of courses do you want to do to kind of get you to that point Mm. so ideally in five years time I think um in general being faster so at the moment, I book really long appointments, really take my time, really big on not being rushed because um, I don't like a time pressure of running late or, you know, people waiting in the waiting room. Um, so over time, uh, getting my clinical skills to being just quicker and more proficient, I think um, ideally, again, nice varied day, but um, yeah, being able to go a little, a little bit faster because at the moment I definitely take my time. Um, in terms of CPD, I guess um, I guess courses that teach. Well, actually, I have taken courses on how to, you know, do hands-on clinical skills. Like I've done crown prep courses, and I've got and I've done the composite veneer courses. So those kinds of um, hands-on courses, I think, will help um, will help uh, utilize that. Mm. So, are you looking to do more of those going into the future? Yeah, I actually have another anterior composite course coming up in October. That one being held by ADAWA. So even though I did do this course already a couple of years ago, I would like to have a refresher because now that, you know, I've been working for longer clinical skills, I think it'll, um, you know, set in my mind a bit better doing it hands-on again, like another course. Mm. And is that, so are you feeling like at that time you probably wouldn't absorbing as much as you could have. And so that's why you've opted to come back again and do it again. Cause you know, I think it's an interesting point because you know, uh, a lot of graduates also go through that. They spend a lot of money doing a lot of courses and that that particular point there, and you can only take only so much from it, but it's not common that most people talk about 
hey, I'm, I feel like I want to go back and do, learn that, particularly with anterior composites. Again, they might be like, I've already learned it. I already know it. What's your, yeah. What was your thought behind it? Yeah, because I think that when I did it, again, it was my first year out and it was such a helpful course, but I think it was just too much for me to fully like digest and remember every single little step and every material they use and every little instrument. So now that I've got more experience, I think, um, yeah, doing again, it's, it's not the same course. It's, it's, it's the same area, but, but by a different presenter. Um, but I think it'll, it'll, yeah, like I say, I'll be able to take it on a lot better now that I've got those um, more practice under my belt. Mm. And you mentioned, you know, the porcelain and the crowns and that, is that because you're feeling like those are kind of the areas you want to improve in? And like you said before, you want to get more proficient at, um, or is that because that's the type of work you kind of want to kind of get into more? Yeah. So I think it all falls under my interest in um, conservative dentistry. So I'm, I, I have a course coming up. It's just a, a theory, like a dinner kind of course. Um, about uh, crown preps, uh, conventional and bonded, you know, the new way that we're um, doing crown preps to be more conservative and do direct bonding rather than the conventional aggressive techniques. Um, So I'm really interested in that because, you know, by conserving the enamel in those preps, then it's conservative dentistry. And same with porcelain veneers. I've actually, I actually want to learn more about porcelain veneers um, with I'm, I'm learning more about, you know, like the minimally invasive, minimal preps, the very, very thin porcelains that, you know, are, are becoming more, you know, uh, um, apparent. Um, I, I want to learn about that because I want to be able to do beautiful smiles and beautiful dental work. But if we can conserve, you know, the natural anatomy and the natural tooth structure, then that's, um, that's perfect for me. Mm. Well, I mean, it makes sense because obviously you're learning about orthodontics and, you know, you're straightening teeth. The last thing you want to do is straighten them all up only to cut back a sizable amount. Chop them away. Yeah. (laughs) So how about your non-clinical side of things? Because some of us probably know, but you're pretty big on social media to a degree. Hey, let's, let's start with the fact that you started in, you know, 2019 of August and it took you seven months to get to you know, 1K followers. And then it took you another six months to to gain another thousand followers. You know, for many new graduates, they feel like it's about the likes. It's about the followers. You know, in fact, people, um, yeah, would look at you and want to emulate that same thing. So what are your thoughts on that? Oh, you flatter me, Lawrence. (laughs) You're too kind. Yeah, so I I started the social media side of my dental, you know, hobby uh, in 2019, as you say, and I really did it because at the time I was thinking, I, I didn't think that dentistry was going to be this big thing online, but if it is one day, because the whole world is becoming more online, if if dentistry is going to be online one day, I want to be a part of that. I want to be, you know, on top of, you know, the, the current ways of doing things. So that's why I started it originally. And you say, um, you know, some people really care about like the likes and the follows and the numbers and all that kind of stuff. Um, if anyone is thinking about that, I would say if you, if you're going to make a dental um, social media page, just for the followers or just for the fame or the clout, I'd say it's not a strong enough motivation, um, at least not long-term. So I, I do my social media because I really do enjoy it, especially recently, like the videos that I make, I just have so much fun with it. 
I know that there are dentists who post their clinical work and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like my page is a bit silly in comparison because I'm just making videos and making jokes. Um, but I really enjoy it. And that's what really motivates me to, to keep posting on the page. If you're only in it for the numbers, you're, you're going to burn out very quickly. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very boring for you. Mm. And as we discussed before, you know, for some of our viewers, you, you've actually dabbled in a bit of drama before, hey. <laughs> yeah, so um, in high school and in my undergrad, I was really, really into drama and theatre. Um, that was really one of the best things about doing an undergraduate degree before my postgraduate dental degree. Um, I got to be in the drama club where I've met so many people who are still my very close friends to today. And I guess the biggest one would have been in the drama club. I met my now husband. So, um, yeah, love the drama club, love that whole realm. I wish I had time to do drama these days, but I guess the social media videos will have to have to do for now. <laughs> well, Dr. Grace Cooper, thank you for coming on the show today. If you could let the people know how they can find you and or what's kind of going on in your life at the moment. Yeah, so if you want to find me on Instagram at Dr. Grace Cooper, um, just making lots of dental videos. That's my, that's my main um, content right now. And otherwise I'm just working and um, yeah, just working and hanging out with friends. That's, that's what's keeping me, keeping me busy these days. <laughs> if you like this episode, drop a comment below on your favorite part or leave a review. Don't forget to share it with your friends and we'll see you in the next episode of CP Junkie Podcast.